Welcome to the Nail in the Coffin. We'll have Jeff Bowles, coach of the Ohio University men's basketball team on in just a minute. But first, we want to let you know that the Nail is now on Spotify. Yeah, finally. We'll still be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and waiting for next year. Business as usual, all the normal spots. But uh, if you like getting your podcasts on Spotify, you can catch our show there now, too. Check it out. The Nail in the Coffin! Welcome to The Nail. I'm Tom Valentino, and this week we're joined by OU men's basketball coach Jeff Bowles. As longtime Bobcat fans know, Bowles was the captain on some great Ohio teams back in the early 90s, and uh, now he's back in Athens to lead the program as its new head coach. I had a chance to catch up with him to talk about returning to our alma mater, as well as his time as an assistant under Thad Mata at Ohio State. And we even talked a little bit about uh, John Beeline uh, coming to the Cavs and uh, what Cavs fans can look forward to there. I had fun with this one, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. All right, on the line, Ohio University men's basketball coach Jeff Bowles. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. You know, I was thinking that with this being homecoming week at Ohio, it's a perfect week for us to be doing this. You, of course, played for the Bobcats back in the early 90s, and you were a two-year team captain, had a great playing career, and now all these years later, uh, here you are back in Athens. Uh, Now that you've had a chance to settle in here over the past six months or so, how are things going? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a surreal, uh, you know, feeling still. You know, it's been about six months, you know, since I've taken the job, but you know, it's always been a dream of mine to be the head coach at Ohio University where I played. And, you know, homecoming, like you said, coming up, it's going to be a great week, great weekend. And, uh, you know, see a lot of friends I haven't seen in a long time. But uh, I'm really excited about the opportunity. All right, so some of the things that I've been noticing over the past few months, you've made a real concerted effort, I feel like, to engage with students, whether it's uh, doing contests on campus. I see you pouring coffee at the Starbucks at Baker Center. You're real active on social media, you know, sharing pics and workout videos, you know, from stuff that your team's doing. You're supporting the other programs in the athletic department. The impression that I get is that being an ambassador uh, publicly for your team as well as the athletic department and the university overall is a real big deal for you. Talk to me about that. Is is that whole deal of just you know trying to build that excitement around the program and the school a, a real important thing for you personally? Yeah, I think you know being the head coach, you know, I, I feel like we're a small part of something big. Um, you know, the university, you know, under Dr. Nellis is, is you know kind of growing and and it's an exciting time to be a part of it. But I think, you know, being the head coach, you know, I want to be visible and, you know, be out there and, you know, really, really get excitement for our program and our, our athletic department. And, you know, I think the more engaged you are with the students, you know, the more they'll feel connected to it. And, you know, the Convocation Center, when the students are there, that place is rocking. Yeah, I came back down there for a, a game a couple of years ago. It's uh, it was a fun trip down memory lane for me. It, 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 that building has aged very well. I think they've installed a nice big video board, which I never thought I would see when I was down there as a student. But uh, the uh, the ozone, the student section, it's it's great, and all the same chants, everything, the, the traditions. It's uh, it's a fun atmosphere, and I always 
uh, felt like it was uh, one of my favorite places anywhere at any level to watch a game. Yeah, we've had a couple of meetings with the Ozone leaders and, and, and that, their, that whole crew. And you know, I think when you have someone who's as passionate, you know, about their school and, and supporting the athletic program and basketball program in particular, you know, we feel like we want to reach out to them and connect and, and really see how we can help them. And, you know, bottom line is this, this is their team. And, you know, so we feel like the more connected we are with the student body, you know, there'll, there'll be that engagement. And uh, like I said, game day atmospheres, you know, are going to be really fun. All right. So not too long after you were hired, Jim Shouse, the longtime Ohio athletic director, announced that he was going to be moving on to a new role. And a couple months after that, we were introduced to his successor, Julie Cromer, over the summer. Um, to me, you know, that seems like something that would be a pretty significant change for any coach in an athletic department. But especially given the timing for you, your first season hadn't really even started yet, um, and now you've got a new boss. How's that gone for you, and how's that transition been? Yeah, it was, it was an interesting, you know, when Jim left, obviously really happy and excited for his opportunity, um, you know, being the commissioner of Southern Conference, and just grateful for the opportunity he gave me. And then, you know, we went through a process, and, and when Julie was hired, I was excited about that you know, situation. Uh, the athletic director at Arkansas, Hunter Juracek, he and I both worked together when I was at Akron and, you know, called me and had, you know, great reviews and, and said, you know, great things about her and, you know, thought it'd be a great partnership and, and working relationship. So, you know, I'm excited to see what, what she brings and, and her, her energy level and, and, and the things that she's going to help change and, and help the department move forward. All right. We have a lot of Ohio State fans who listen to our podcast, and you spent, I believe, seven seasons as an assistant under Thad Mata at Ohio State before you got your first head coaching job over at Stony Brook. What can you tell us about your time working with Coach Mata and how it prepared you for where you're at in your career now? Yeah, first thing, you know, Thad Mata was a phenomenal coach, and he was an even better person than he was a coach. And I think being around him for seven years on a daily basis, you know, I got to see kind of behind the scenes what he did and how he did it. You know, he's a great family man, great husband, great father, and, you know, did things the right way, most importantly. And I think if you see the climate of recruiting, you know, at some of these high major levels and what's going on with the FBI deal and to see how Thad did things and the way he did things ethically, you know, I think even – tells you more about him you know going to two final fours I think in my time you know there when I left he had won nine big ten regular season and and tournament championships and in his tenure at Ohio State the next closest was Tom Izzo at five so that kind of shows you what type of coach he is and, and you know how he did things recruiting wise ethically and you know I, I just I learned a lot from him still talk to him you know every week and uh you know grateful he gave me that opportunity to be around him and and learn from him. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you've got a coach like that who, as you just outlined, had a terrific run, a great resume, uh, by all accounts well-liked, and as you said, he ran a clean program, uh, you know, that seems like the kind of person who a lot of schools would benefit from hiring if they – or if he ever decided he wanted to get back into coaching, which makes me wonder, do you think he will get back into coaching someday? You know, he's had a lot of opportunities, um, you know, the last few years. And I think, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens, 
you know, with the, you know, NCAA and how they, you know, treat these situations that are out there. Um, obviously, he could he could do it if he wanted to, and you know, his energy level is great, his attitude is great. And, you know, I think when you when you take a year or two off and you know get away from the stress, you know, that obviously helps your body. And um, so I, I think you know if if he wants to do it, he definitely will, and he'll have a lot of opportunity, you know, throughout the country. Another coach who you've crossed paths with, I'm guessing a time or two, it's going to be somebody of particular interest to those of us in Cleveland. I'm assuming that in your time at Ohio State, you crossed paths uh, with John Beeline um, when he was at Michigan. He's now going to be starting his first season with the Cavs. And I'm curious to know, what were your impressions of him from the opposing bench when you were at Ohio State? And what are your thoughts on him making the leap to the NBA, especially, uh, you know, at this stage of his career? What uh, what should Cavs fans be looking for? Yeah, I think, you know, it caught a lot of people off guard. You know, um, you know I know. Caught me off guard. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch, you know, him make his, uh, you know, imprint in, on the Cavaliers organization. And I think if you look at everywhere he's been, I mean, he's been at every level, high school, junior college, you know, small college, Division One all the way up to Michigan and everywhere he's been, he's been successful and, you know, developed the kids that he's had. So I think he's going to do a great job, um, you know, just really teaching the fundamental piece. And, you know, I think any level, the better players you have, the better coach you are in that NBA, that's a player's league. So you know, I think he'll, he'll be able to, you know, put his imprint on the fundamental, you know, piece to it, the passing piece. And, and I'm excited to watch them, you know, kind of grow, you know, as, as they go this year. Certainly got some interesting young pieces to work with on that roster, and it's going to be fun to follow along with. You know, you, you see all these kids coming in that are that are younger and younger, and you know he'll he'll be able to help develop those those guys into what they want them to be. And you know, Mike Gansey is a former player, of his you know, it's a assistant general manager up there. So I'm excited to follow him. I'm a Browns, Indians, Cavs fan myself, so. You know, I think every year we're winning an NBA championship, NFL championship, and a Major League World Series championship. So I'm the optimist up there. Yeah, you got to throw out a first pitch at an Indians game this summer, didn't you? Yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> you know, I'm, I grew up uh, right by Canton, Ohio, in a town called Magnolia. And like I said, I grew up, you know, following all the Cleveland teams. And it was kind of a bucket list moment. It's Yankees, Indians, packed house. And uh, it was Ohio University Day, so I'm getting that, getting ready to go, throw out the first pitch, and they're like representing Ohio University, Frank Solich, and I kind of <laughs> turned and looked, and I could have cared less because you know small town Northeast Ohio guy, you know, it was a bucket list moment for me. And uh, after I sat in my seat, a guy came up to me and said, "Hey, um, I'm from Nebraska. You threw out the first pitch, didn't you?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You're not Frank Solich, are you?" And I said, "No, he's a little shorter, shorter and a little older than me." <laughs> but uh, I was always going to be humbled, and, and uh, but that, that was an awesome moment. Got to spend some time with Tommy Hamilton up in the box, and uh, you know he's the best. Oh, that's awesome! But, uh, I've I've met Coach Solich, and uh, <laughs> I got to imagine he probably would have gotten a laugh out of that. But um, oh yeah, right. I told I told him I was him for about ten minutes. He he started laughing. There are worse people you could be mistaken for, although there's absolutely no resemblance between you two guys. That's uh, that's good stuff. Um, all right, bring it back full circle here. Uh, you guys are getting started with practices here. Um, how are you feeling about your team this year? 
Yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, they, they keep moving the start date up. You know, they, this is the first year they've uh, you know moved the first game to like November fifth on a Tuesday. You, know, you get forty two days before your first game to start your practice, and you got to take twelve of those days off. So, you know, you get thirty opportunities to practice, and it never seems like it's enough. And uh, you know, we're, we're we're going through the motions like everyone else, trying to you know get the fundamentals down, get your offense in, get your defense in. Uh, I think summertime really helps that, where they allow us to work with our guys, you know, four hours a week for eight weeks in the summer. But we we have seven freshmen, and you know, we have an eighth kid who didn't play a whole lot last year. So we have basically eight guys who've really never played a Division One game. So we've done a lot of teaching, a lot of coaching, and you know, we're we're more in the growth mindset of you know getting better every single day, not worrying about results early, and you know, just trying to coach our guys, stay positive with them, but. You know, it's fun to be around. You know, it's a great group of guys. There's great energy. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see where this leads. All right. Fantastic. All right. I think that should just about cover it. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, really looking forward to seeing what uh, you and the team can do this year. Uh, love, you know, keeping up with the Bobcats. And uh, I'm ready for the season to get rolling. I'm, I'm sure you are as well. Uh, should be fun this year. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, there you go. OU men's basketball coach Jeff Bowles. Big thank you to him for joining us this week on The Nail. That's going to do it for this episode. want to remind you again, you can subscribe to The Nail in the Coffin on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Spotify. And we are also streaming on Waiting for Next Year. That'll do it for this week. I'm Tom Valentino. It's been the nail in the coffin. We'll talk to you again soon. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.